Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Alright guys, welcome back for another episode. In today's episode, we are going to be discussing Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott. Those two contract uh, holdouts, if you will. Uh, The Zeke one has just been going on all week. That has been a hot topic really in the NFL. And he's reportedly got a contract, but there's a lot of controversy over the whole situation between him and Jerry Jones this past week. Will he accept this contract offer? But before we get to that, we're going to get to Melvin Gordon because his contract holdout has some news. He could reportedly miss some games. Them and the Chargers are at a standstill. We'll get to all that. Then we're going to talk about the Red Sox. Am I ready? I might. You'll find out. But I might be ready to throw in the towel on this team finally. Okay? Finally. Not saying I thought they were going to make the playoffs before, but I might finally be ready to throw the towel in on this team. We're going to get to the past three games. A little bit of Dave Zombrowski as well. Is he really on the hot seat? Would I fire him after this season? We'll get to all that. But first, we are going to start with Melvin Gordon. So let's get to that. Okay, so obviously we there's been two big contract holdouts this offseason. The big one being Ezekiel Elliott and the... Still big one, just not as big as Zeke. Melvin Gordon's contract holdout. It just hasn't as much juicy news. And, you know, you've got Zeke is the bigger name, the better running back. And he's in Dallas with Jerry Jones. Melvin Gordon's in Los Angeles. So, you know, that that's just why it hasn't been as big. But there was some news, and I want to get to it. Because, first of all, we're talking about Zeke, so I might as well talk about the other contract holdout, Melvin Gordon. And there was some news on it that I heard on Wednesday. This is being reported by John Breach from CBS Sports Report. At least this article is it's titled, if you want to see it, Melvin Gordon's holdout apparently getting ugly. Charges star reportedly expected to miss regular season games, which we all kind of expected, but we didn't hear really any real report. Um, he wrote, it appears that the situation between Melvin Gordon and the Chargers is about to go from bad to worse. According to NFL.com, the two sides are still at a stalemate in negotiations, and the team is now expecting Gordon's holdout to continue into the regular season, which means he's almost certainly going to miss some games this year. The running back, who didn't show up for training camp, has been holding out since July in hopes of getting a new contract. Gordon is headed into the final year of his rookie deal, which is scheduled to pay him a total of $5.6 million in base salary in 2019. The running back is looking to get one of two things from his holdout. He either wants a raise or he wants the Chargers to trade him away. Unfortunately for Gordon, the Chargers have decided that they're not interested in doing either one of these those things. Of course, the fact that the holdout now looks like it's going to extend into the regular season shouldn't come as a huge surprise. Surprised, come as a huge surprise, and that's because one of Gordon's agents, because one of Gordon's agent, the grammar on this was not very good. Fletcher Smith made it clear a few weeks ago that his client would be willing to sit out part of the season if he didn't get a new deal. Key word there. Part of the season. Let's see what else he had to wrote. During an interview in July, Smith was was asked if Gordon was prepared to sit out the entire regular season. 
Oh, he's prepared to sit, Smith said. We'll take it day by day, week by week, and see how things go. But at this time, if he can't get anything done, he certainly won't be in training camp, and he's prepared to sit out as long as he has to. According to ESPN.com, the Chargers made Gordon an offer to feel that fell somewhere 10 mil, ten to a mil, ten through ten million and eleven million dollars. She could have just said that, but the running back rejected it. The Chargers have refused to up the offer, which would have made Gordon the fourth highest paid running back in the NFL. Okay, so ten to eleven million dollars sounds like a pretty fair offer for Melvin Gordon. Now, I do understand why he'd probably want a little more. That would make him within the top four paid running backs. I I wouldn't say Melvin Gordon's a top four running back in the league, but I'd say Melvin Gordon's young and he's close to it. So he's probably say, sitting here saying, well, yeah, I'm not. maybe I'm not the fourth best running back in the league. I'm sure he believes that, but he's sitting there with the Chargers saying, all right, you think I'm the sixth best running back in the league. You should pay me like a top four because I'm younger and the market's just going to keep going up anyway. 10 to 11 mil seems fair. I don't like paying running backs. That is my thing. Running backs can get overrated. There are, you know, you drool at some of the talent these guys have, but at the end of the day, it's a passer's league. You can have a good running back, but if you run your system through a running back like uh, the Giants and the Cowboys and the Panthers, you're never going to win a Super Bowl. Just running backs cannot carry you to a Super Bowl. And I'm not saying maybe you can run a system through running back and still have a shot at the Super Bowl, but you can't rely on the running back. It's just not going to happen. Running backs just can't do it today. It's very, very rare. So I, I just, 10 to 11 mil sounds fair for Melvin Gordon. Now maybe he wants just a little more just because he wants to, he thinks, you know, the market's going to continue to go up and maybe he thinks he's a little better than he really is. I don't know. Personally, 10 to 11 mil is a fair offer for Melvin Gordon. Maybe a little more just because, again, he's younger. So he's going to probably continue to get better. But where it said, um... It said, made it clear a few weeks ago, his client would be willing to sit out part of the season if he didn't get a new deal. So I paused there and I realized during an interview in July, Smith was asked if Gordon was prepared to sit out the entire regular season. And he said yes. So I don't know why the grammar, that's the thing. One thing about CBS, sometimes the grammar's a little off. It was uh, one paragraph, which is ugly. Why would you say he's prepared to sit out part the season and then the next line just say yeah he's prepared to sit out the whole season doesn't make sense but whatever um listen i i don't know if i'm sitting there and i'm the san diego uh, san diego <laughs> who, who you can't admit everyone's made that mistake of saying san diego the los angeles chargers have a lot of guys they're gonna have to pay um uh, you know you look at it even paying right now like joey bose is gonna want big bucks melvin ingram uh Derwin James, I know he's hurt right now, but Philip Rivers, I mean, I know he's, you know, aging, you know, so he's not, probably not, the next time he goes on the market, he's probably not going to get some big-time deal, but still, he's asking for a decent amount of money, and then your, your next quarterback, who's that going to be? So, you have to kind of plan, and you got guys like Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry even could be due for somewhat of a payday if he's able to stay healthy, improve himself this year. 
So you're going to have to pay some of these guys, and you're going to have to let some of these guys go. Is Melvin Gordon one of those guys they're willing to let go? If I'm the Chargers, I'm not sitting there saying we need Melvin Gordon. The team went 4-0 last season without him. And they have Austin Eckler. I love Eckler. I think he's one of the biggest sleepers in fantasy this season because you saw what he did. I think he was worthy of a, a you know 15 or 16. You know, if you have if you're in a 15 or 16 man league, Austin Eckler's definitely worthy of a spot on your roster, even if he's a backup to Melvin Gordon. But now that Melvin Gordon might sit out or even get traded from the team, that makes Eckler the starter. And if Eckler's the starter, getting more touches, oh, he'll be great. He's great out of the backfield and get yards. My only concern is touchdowns because the touchdown only three last season. I think he had actually three rushing, three receiving. So six touchdowns isn't horrible for a backup, actually. But I would like to see him score just a little more. I feel like he's a smaller back, so it's hard for him to really punch it in. But he gains the yards, and he's a, he's good out of the backfield, so PPR is fine. I don't want to spoil too much fantasy because I hope to talk more about that next week. But And even jo- uh, isn't his Justin Jackson, J.C. Jackson. It's not J.C. J.C.'s on the Patriots. Justin Jackson's their third stringer. I'm not sure if I'd pick him in fantasy, but he wouldn't be a horrible backup. They have options at running back. So the Chargers are sitting here saying, listen, Melvin Gordon, we were fine without your good player. We want you back. And I think Melvin Gordon wants to return to Los Angeles too. They just have to pay him the right of money. He's not like, I need to stay in Los Angeles. If you pay me the right money, I'm definitely open to staying here. But if you're not, I'm willing to leave. That type of situation. But Los Angeles is sitting here saying we've got a lot of guys to pay. You're a good player, but we've got we've got guys ready to replace you. I'm not sure Austin Eckler can do everything you've done, but he would be able to be a solid replacement. I'm just saying, Melvin Gordon isn't like someone that they need. On the other hand, then there's Ezekiel Elliott, who we're going to get to now. Now, for some reason, I just can't pull up anything about Ezekiel Elliott on here. Everything's just not working right now. I could get Melvin Gordon. I could get some of the Red Sox stuff. Nothing was cool. Even some of the Dave Dombrowski stuff, it's just not cooperating right now. So earlier, well, we've all heard the news. Like They asked Jerry Jones about Ezekiel Elliott, and he kind of laughs about it and says, Zeke Zeke who? Like Ezekiel Elliott who? Something, yeah. And he did it in like a laughing matter. And Zeke and his agent were actually offended by that. And it's not like Jerry Jones sat there and kind of just said, Zeke who? Like, like in that kind of like stern, he kind of joked about it, like kind of laughed, like had that smile on his face, just kind of laughed like Zeke who? Like, just he knows that's the big topic. Uh, and he just kind of shook it off like, um, like, oh, yeah, yeah, Zeke who? Like, it was just a joke. And Zeke, they, Zeke and his agent said they took offense to that. So, at that point, that kind of created a little beef, if you will. And Jerry Jones, then the next day, said, I feel like I've earned the right to joke about Zeke. And this is coming from Jerry Jones, who kept a straight face, no laugh. Because usually he'll do like a little smile after he talks. Or he always has that kind of little sense of humor. Not this time. He was not happy. He was clearly joking. I'm on the side of Jerry Jones. I don't blame Zeke. 100% 100% for saying that because I think Zeke wanted to get out there and try to gain some leverage. Like, all right, Jerry, I'm not very happy with you right now. And all that did was make things worse, at least we think. But then he's offered the second high, to be the second highest paid running back in the NFL. But again, Zeke wants to be the highest, so that might not be good enough. They they went out and signed Jalen uh, extended linebacker Jalen Smith on a five-year, $64 million deal. They sat there. You look at Jalen Smith, he's young. He was drafted in the 2016 draft, 24 years old. Linebacker for the team. 
Uh, he only had he had four sacks last season for 121 tackles. So he's not someone that's exactly a pass rusher necessarily, but he gains a lot of tackles in the open field. And he's done a good job there. He's been underrated for sure. So the Cowboys sat here and said, I think that was like a shot at Zeke. Really, I think it was because at that point, Zeke had made the comment he wasn't happy. I don't. I think the Cowboys were a little fed up with him throughout this process. Then he says that Jerry Jones clearly wasn't happy. He said, I've earned the right to joke about Zeke. He was not happy because he feels like, you know what, I've done so much stuff for Zeke. You know, not only do we, you know, pick him with the fourth pick and whatnot, bring him into these or- this organization, but, you know, Roger Goodell tried to suspend him. I've stood up for him time and time again. Jerry Jones has been on Team Zeke since he's been in college, really. I mean, he's been on Team Zeke. He stood by Zeke uh, ever since he's been on the team. He's been he's been there for Zeke, and now all of a sudden they kind of come to the point where all right, we got to make a decision: are we splitting ways here or whatnot? And Zeke's not getting his way, so he's basically, I guess you could say, throwing a temper tantrum. And Jerry Jones isn't having it. He feels he's earned the right to joke about Zeke, and he you could tell he wasn't having it. Then he extends Jalen Smith to a big deal. I think that was somewhat of a shot to Zeke. Like, listen. I'm not happy right now, and the time is ticking. You've got to change this because now that's one big contract, and we can only spend so much money, and there's a good chunk of it gone. And we still got to pay Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, you name it. We've got to pay some guys, so the clock's ticking. If you want to get paid, you better come to me, I guess, say sorry, whatever. I feel like that was a shot at Zeke. Like, listen, the time's ticking. You're not a top priority at the moment. We're a little mad. Not not saying he's not a top priority, but – we're a little mad at you. You've got to kind of, we've got to kind of change things in this relationship here if we want to move forward with the contract. And then they offer him to be the second highest paid running back uh, in the NFL. If I'm Zeke, though, I, I do understand why he wants to be the highest paid. The tough thing in Zeke's situation, especially when you're going up against a guy like Jerry Jones, one of the be- biggest named owners in the league, you know. You're not going up against like a soft owner. And I do think Jerry Jones has a bit of a soft spot for Zeke, don't get me wrong. But especially as the player in really any scenario like this, especially going up against Jerry Jones, you don't have any leverage. So that's, excuse me, that's why I don't blame Zeke on uh, 100% because he's trying to gain at least a little leverage. He, he said this is a risky move, hopefully by me saying I was offended by that. Hopefully that kind of helps me in my favor, gains me a little leverage. It turns out it didn't, but yet he's still getting contract offers by the Cowboys. Now, I wonder, I'm not saying it was, this just popped into my mind. Was that also a shot at Zeke? Offering, uh, you know, you giving him an offer, he wants to be the highest paid running back in the NFL, and you say, we'll make you the second highest paid, like just a tad less than he, what he wants, from what he wants. Was that another shot at Zeke? Was that the Cowboys? Was that a real offer? Because we didn't hear the you know the contract details. Usually, you get a good amount of the details. So, did the Cowboys and Zeke just sit down and they said, "Do you want to just be the second highest paid running back?" Is that what happened? Like, no real contract details were discussed. Is that why we're not? You, know, I think I'd hear a rumor saying, you know, Zeke didn't really like the offer. He hasn't reportedly, at least rejected it yet so I'm not saying that's what happened I don't think that's what happened I do think the Cowboys gave him a real offer but I do think there's a, a chance that they were trying to probably just lowball him a little and see if he'd take that deal like yeah we, you, we know you want to be the highest paid but 
we take this deal, you know, just a little less to start out. Nothing absurd that makes it like with Mookie Betts and the Red Sox. The Betts, the Red Sox offered him like four years, $100 million. That's too bad. Because when you lowball a player too much, they don't want to hear any more offers and they're disgruntled and they want to leave. It doesn't work like that. But was that a shot at Zeke? Just like, oh, you want to be the highest paid? Well, Mickey, the second highest paid. Like, mm, just getting on his nerves a little. Like, yeah, we think you're the second best running back in the league. Something like that. I do think that is a possibility. I don't think that's what went down in Dallas in that front office. But I do think that's a possibility that maybe they sat there and said, we'll make you the second highest just to get on his nerves a little bit. I don't know. I, I do think the Cowboys want Zeke back, but I do think they're a little frustrated at the moment, and those two are butting heads. But I do think Zeke is a little closer to a deal because this past week there's just been a lot of tension. So maybe that tension will lead to an offer even from Dallas, or maybe it'll send him out the door. You have to remember, he has two years left on his deal. Rather, Melvin Gordon has one year left on his deal, isn't as good. Zeke is a big name with two years left on his deal. I think there will be a lot of teams willing out there to pay Zeke and get that big time player and playmaker in Ezekiel Elliott. We'll see what happens, but that is my take on the Melvin Gordon and uh, Ezekiel Elliott situation. So now we are going to, we are going to get to the dreaded Boston Red Sox. Oh my God. Oh, <coughs> oh, oh. Oh, just watch. Oh, just watch some. I'm done. Okay, I'm sorry. That was maybe a bad transition. But you get the point. Okay. I think I'm done with the Red Sox. Now, I have been a person who said, I'm going to leave the door crack open. I think this Red Sox team, you're only six and a half back before we started this Philly series. Now, my problem was with that five-game winning uh, streak, you know what I said? A few things. That I had a problem with. One, three of those wins were against the Orioles. And some of those were actually close games against the Baltimore Orioles. So it wasn't a very impressive five-game winning streak. Two, you've done this before to me. Too many times where you've had a good little winning streak. Made fans try to believe and then go out and get swept the next series. And then three, you only gained a half game of ground. Okay? So yeah, Red Sox fans are out here saying, yeah, we, yeah, well, at least we won five games in a row. Yeah. You picked up a half game of ground to the, to the uh, Tampa Bay race for that second wild card spot. You picked up a half game. What is a half game going to do at this point? You need games. After the five-game intrigue, you need to catch up. You need to catch up now. A half game over a five-game stretch isn't going to get the job done. That is the problem. So we go out. Against the Phillies, okay? And I said, listen, this ra- I, I don't believe, I want to buy in. You know, I want to buy in after the team does well, but I can't. I told you guys this at the beginning of the season, and I have all season long. It feels like just yesterday, we were talking about the beginning of the season. Boy, is the season fl- flying by, and I'm glad it has. It hasn't been too, too long and dreaded, because usually when it's this bad of a season, it goes by pretty long. Luckily, it hasn't. And I said, we need to beat the Phillies. We need to sweep the Phillies. Okay, it has to happen. If you lose, if you get swept by the Phillies, forget it. It proves my point once again. Okay, even if you beat the Phillies, my point has been proven. I said this at the beginning of the season. They're too inconsistent. You can't buy in after they go on a little winning streak. I said that time and time again. And I hope you guys listened and bought in and 
bought into my word, because if you listen to me, it bought into my word, you would have been right. I told you this. Don't believe in them after they go on this little three to two to four or five game winning streak, because then they go out and blow with the next series. They can't keep going, really. And most of the season, too, has been they've lost the good teams after beating bad ones. That's kind of how it's gone. Or they've lost the bad, uh, lost the good teams and then beat bad ones. It's weird. I mean, not really weird. I mean, that, that happens. You're just beating bad teams and acting like it's a big deal. You lose to the Phillies, 3-2. to two. Okay, I, before I rant, oh my god, rant. Oh my goodness. Boy, will I rant at the end. Uh, two minutes. First inning was ugly. You throw out Brian Johnson. I hate when he pitches. Hate it. He's no, no good. Three and two-thirds of an inning lets up six hits, three earned runs, two walks, four strikeouts. Eh, not going to cut it. Back it up. Eh, eh, nope. Not going to cut it. Let's up three in the first inning. Now you have to rely on the bullpen for over five innings. Luckily, they held up the fort, to say the least. One hit and one walk allowed. So the one day we get good production out of the bullpen, we lose. The one day we get good production out of the bullpen, we put up two runs. That That's my problem. This was happening at the beginning of the season where the two wouldn't click. The first, like, 11 games or so, 15 games maybe, it would happen where one night the bats would score six and the pitchers would allow eight. The next night the pitchers would hold the other team to two runs, but you would score none. That's how it worked, and you saw that somewhat on tap on um, Tuesday, whatever day this was. I'm, I've lost track because that Royals game happened. La- I'm recording this Thursday. The game started Wednesday, rain delayed, continued Thursday. Very weird. I'm all thrown off now with the Red Sox schedule. I don't really care at this point because the season's over. I it, it, I told you it's they're probably – I. This is what I stated before. I've stated for the past two months. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I'm not ready to throw in the towel yet. I have thrown in the towel. I leave the door a crack open, but it's less than a crack. You are done. It is over. I am done with the Red Sox, unless we hear Dave Dombrowski has been fired or something like that, or Chris Sale, something along that. I don't want to cover Red Sox games anymore. But the reason I am is because it it makes for two, two reasons. It makes for a good rant. And there's nothing else to talk about. I It was either this or USA Basketball. I'm not sure if I would have gone that far. But I can't wait for the NFL season to start just so I have something to really start talking about. Because I'm going to have to do the preseason Patriots. I'm fine with that. I, I like talking sports. But there's just nothing to talk about right now. I'm left talking about this dreaded Red, red Sox team. Red, 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 Red Sox team. I don't know why I just said red 5,000 times. But anyway, you kept it up. Second inning, your two runs came from Jackie Bradley Jr. You scored two runs from JBJ. Jackie Bradley, who's one of the few to have a good game that day. Three at-bats. He had two hits, including the double. And he had the two-run home run. And he had a great catch on Bryce Harper at the wall. Jackie Bradley Jr., I give you a round of applause because you were the only one to have a good game that day. 
Really. You were pretty much the only one. Everyone else had, like, one hit. Okay. But my problem, my big... My, uh, in the bullpen. The bullpen. I'll give JBJ in the bullpen credit. Redo the round of applause. But, mm, you know what really got on my nerves? Ninth inning. Oh, the ninth inning. The ninth inning had me in fuego. You know, the big, one of the biggest reasons I was screaming in, not only because you lost, that ninth inning. Okay. Also, can I throw in the fact, Chris Owings, he kept playing. Not only this game, he pinch ran, and then he was, he didn't get an at-bat, thank God. I don't think. But he, oh, why is he playing? Chris Owings, I just want to throw this out there. This season, what has he done? 133 batting average, 135 at-bats. Those aren't all with the Red Sox. No, they aren't. He just got called up a few weeks ago. Eh, I, Chris Owings, why is he playing? Oh, I remember it was a big game in this. I for, I don't even, nah, moving on. But ninth inning, the sloppy, 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 sloppy base running. Oh my God, was it bad? Was the base running ever bad? Oh my God, rant time. Now I hope you all watch, again, Tuesday's game. Phillies lose, uh, Phillies win 3-2 to two against the Red Sox, Tuesday's game. Go back, all you have to do is watch the last, I don't know, 40 seconds of it maybe. I, I think, I went back and watched that, I, sorry, trust me. Went back, I had to make sure one more time that I, I watched that correctly. Yeah, I did, I think it was in like the last 30-40 minutes of the highlight. <sighs> Go, pause the, if you haven't watched it, please pause the episode. Pause the episode. If you're a Red Sox fan and you really care about this, not even, you don't even really have to. If you just want to laugh at the Red Sox, pause the episode, go on YouTube, look up Phillies versus Red Sox highlights, the one where they, Phillies beat them 3-2, to two, and just watch the last 40 seconds or so. Watch it, give yourself a few minutes to scream, cry in a pillow, whatever you want to do, or laugh if you're a Yankees fan. And then you can come back and listen to me rant on what just happened. No outs. Xander Bogarts is on second base. No outs. None. Zanata. J.D. Martinez is up to bat. J.D. Martinez hits a ground ball, normal ground ball, to Gene Segura, the shortstop on the Phillies. Xander Bogarts on second base. Shortstop, second base. Imagine it. You know, shortstop stands, you know, to the from the batter's box, stands right to the left of second base. Okay, so if there's no outs in a big situation, by the way, it doesn't even have to be a big situation. I know this. My, I'm sure my little sister that plays T-ball knows this. Maybe. I don't know. It, it doesn't take a monkey to figure this one out. No outs. You're on second base. The If it's hit to shortstop, do you just run right away? Is that what we do now? Is Alexander Bo- Alexander Bogart showed us how to base run. So instead, if you're on second base and there's no outs, here are your two. Here should be your two options. Either a you stay on, either you know you take a step off second, maybe be very cautious about it. Stay on second or just take like a little step off. C maybe if he misses the ball, then you go to third. But if he you know makes the play, which he usually does, which he did in this situation. Make sure he throws it to first. If he throws it to first, you can take a little bit of a lead. 
or you can just stay on the base. Either one. So I guess there's just one option. You basically are staying on the base unless there ends up being a wild throw, you go to third. You never, 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 as soon as the crack of the bat take off with no outs, and it goes to shortstop. You're not running on the crack of the bat when you're on second base and it's hit the shortstop, and then it ends up going to shortstop, and he was gunned out by Gene Segura. Good play by him, and I'm sure Segura's like, oh, well, well, I'm surprised he didn't throw it to first because he figured, you know, Xander Bogarts or any player in the MLB or any player that plays baseball would have actually ran on that play. What are you doing? What are you doing? This is coming from Bogarts, who has been one of the guys I've been pleased with this season. Don't get me wrong, that one play doesn't make me sit here and say, oh, Bogarts has really sucked this season, because he hasn't. But, oh, oh my god, I was so mad. So I'm already mad enough about that, right? Okay, we just blew that. Like, we have to make this comeback. Run away with this game. Act like that didn't happen. Because this is a must-win game. I hate to say it, but it was. Chris Owings comes in to pinch run for Marco Hernandez. Comes in to pinch run. Chris Owings, who I already don't like. Okay, this is a guy who's just been rushed in. He's been so bad. And for some odd reason, Alex Cora, who's done such a bad job with this team this season, plays him every single day. One out. So now we've already got one out. One out because Xander Bogart's poor base running, right? Okay, we got one out. Chris Owings steps on first. He's on first base now. Pinch running for Marco Hernandez, who has pretty good speed. Okay, Marco Hernandez isn't super slow. But we throw on Chris Owings there, okay? I, you know, I'm kind of sitting there like, all right, please. Just, you know, usually when a base runner... I'm already mad enough about the Xander Bogarts thing, but I... I'm still not like, all right, you know, this guy's going to blow it on the bases too. Like, I'm just assuming there's a little bit of a speed difference. I don't know. Maybe Chris Owings probably is a little faster, a little bit better of a base runner. I still don't like him just because I just, ah, he just plays way too much. Why? Why is he playing? He's like 133. I, I don't know. But I'm just like, all right, whatever. Just be smart on the base. Just do do your thing. I'm not... I'm just still a little mad about this Xander Bogarts thing. I'm just hoping, you know, you can just hit the run and whatever. All right, Chris Owings, uh, you know, I like twitched a little bit, just got a little irritated. All right, all right. Because he came into the game, you know. Andrew Benintendi's up 0 for 3, trots up to the base. The big shot. The one that we all thought was so good, a trots up 0 for 3. I've heard that way too many times that Andrew Benintendi's up this season. He has been horrible. Oh, God, don't get me started. He lines one out. Gene Segura is all over the field. He is the shortstop, and he's, like, over at... They're playing a shift on Benintendi. He's a lefty. They're playing the shift. And Segura catches it, and Chris Owings runs! Why are we running at the crack of the bat? We're running at the crack of the bat with no outs. We're running at the crack of the bat with one out. No outs, one outs. We're running at the crack of the bat. Chris Owings... Runs at the crack of the bat. So, here's what I went. Andrew Benintendi hits it. I kind of, like, sit still for a second. All right, sorry for the shaking. All right, what's going to happen? Segura catches it. I'm like, ugh. And then I see Owings. He picked him off, and I was, like, so mad. Because that is 
oh my god, how are you that bad at base running? And then all I see after, you know, I see Chris Owings get up, oh, whoop-de-doo, might as well go back to Kansas City and hit, you know, 150 there instead of 133. Oh my god, why are you in the game? Why do you continue to play and continue and continue? Oh my god, and the base running, just anyone, anyone know how to base run on that team? All they were doing running at the crack of the bat, it was just like, it's like, you know, when the... Are the base coaches telling him a crack of the bat here? Do they know the situation? Huge game, huge situation. I know maybe to them it's just another day at the ballpark because they don't realize. They're like, no, we'll just pump out the Jets for the past three weeks and just push our way into the playoffs. That'll work. That's going to work because we won last year, so it's just going to happen. Okay, it's everything's going to be given to us because we won last year. You have to remember, we struggled-ish this year. We haven't really tried. We won last season. We'll make our way into the playoffs. Just fine. I don't know what what is wrong with them. Chris Owens wasn't even on the team last season. And I feel like that attitude has just got to him. And after that happened, all I could see, the first thing that they went to, a face of Xander Bogarts. I was like, that again. Oh, my God. I forgot. Like, Oh, my God. That is the worst inning you can ever have. Oh, my God. That that was horrible. That was horrible. The one other thing to end the rant here, Aaron Nola, I just want to say, he's had a good season. Seven innings pitched, four hits, two earned runs, a walk, seven strikeouts. That guy can paint the corner. He's done it all season. That guy can paint the corner like a master. Like He was the Cy Young Rick Porcello. He reminds me of the, I'm not saying he is, but he remember Cy Young Rick Porcello three, a few years ago, back when Rick Porcello was good? I thought that was such a fluke year, by the way. Oh, that was so, such a fluke. Oh, I didn't like it. It was fluke. I like that he did well, but I, it was just fluky. But Rick Porcello, when he pitches good, can paint the corners. That's what Aaron Nola is doing. I know a lot. You obviously try to paint the corners. You know, pitch it right down the plate. But Aaron Nola, oh my God, that guy can throw a curve, great curveball, great cutter, and he can just paint the the corner. And it's really it's nasty because it looks like a ball, but you know, it's really just give him the benefit of the doubt some of the time. Oh, he can paint the corner like a. It's beautiful, but. Enough with that. Then you go. I'm like, just, just win this game. I'm still not even satisfied, but just win this game to give yourself a chance. I don't know why I'm still telling the Red Sox, come on, go win this game because it's over, right? But I'm just still that Red Sox fan that still thinks there's at least a somewhat of a chance. I'm throwing in the towel now. Oh, after that performance, I basically threw the towel in, but I was just like, all right, I'm getting ready to toss it. Are you guys sure? Are you, I, I, I just want to, you know, I'm already basically, I got the towel out of my pocket. I have for a while, but I'm basically ready to toss this thing in wherever you have to throw the towel in for the year. The bathtub, the fire, on the ground, and stomp on it. That's what I'll do. But I was just like, all right, just watch this game just to make sure I'm going to throw this towel in right here, right? You go up against Drew Smiley. And you have Rick Porcello on the mound. Porcello got off to a good start, by the way. He did have like a 20 21, just 21 pitch first inning, but he struck out two and he did, you know, pretty well. The first inning was a little lengthy, but it was good for Rick Porcello, I thought. And then you got on the board with the run. Raphael Devers hits Mookie Betts in for the double. I was just like, okay, okay, I'm probably going to end up throwing the towel in in the next few days, if even if you do win today. But, hey, at least I get to hang on through it for a day or two longer to keep my somewhat hopes that are pretty small, but somewhat of a hope, alive. 
So you're up one nothing. Porcello seems to be doing good. Then you go up two nothing. It's like all right, all right, all right. I doubt we're still gonna make the playoffs, but at least they get to hold on for this towel a little bit. I'm still winding up, ready to throw the towel in in case something happens. Well, the fifth inning happened. Okay, Rick Porcello goes out there and just lets up a bomb. I don't even want to talk, but not a bomb of a hit. Just oh, Bryce Harper did homer, but and just. From there, the seventh inning they score, ninth inning they score. Chris Owings played again, pinch hit. Why are we pinching him? Why, like, I feel like this is what happened. Dave Dombrowski or someone, anyone, just told Alice Hoare, listen, you gotta stop playing this guy. He's horrible. I don't even know why we have him here. And Alice Hoare's just like, "Mm, no, no, he's got potential. You know, I like his speed and his fielding ability, It's, it's pretty solid. No, no, you just can't. You can't. Like, you know, playing JBJ, he hits like 230, 240, and he's a gold glover. And, you know, we debate playing him from time to time. Chris Owens, the guy sitting 133, and he's a decent fielder. No, 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 really, really, really. So here's what Alex Cora does instead. He says, like, Chris, they don't want to play you, but I got you hooked up. So Chris Owens comes in for these High pressure pressure situations. He should not be in at all. But Alice, Alice Corr says, all right, fine. You don't want me to start him? I'll just put him in a big-time situation. Watch my boy Chris play. And then Chris goes out there. He's striking out. He's getting picked up on the bases. He's making Aiden from After the Brother Sports Talk mad. And that that's that's all that matters. And now things they're just going down. They're going downhill uh, from, from there. You know, once you make Aiden from after the sports talk mad, it's just not good. It, it just isn't good. JBJ, too, hits that dong. Hits another dong. I'm like, all right, yeah. Strikes out the rest of the day. Like, what what happened? Did he just stop? He said, you know what? I had a few good at-bats. You know what? All right. You know what? I'm back to being 200 hitter Jackie. Like, that. Whatever. At that point, you know, I'm done with this team. I am. I read Kashner played. It was nice to see Andrew Kashner get back out there, throws an inning, lets up a hit, a walk, and earned a run. And then he had some measly strikeout to God knows who, probably the nine hitter on the Phillies. Yeah, Adam Heasley or Cesar Anderson or Scott Kingery, Caesar, Cesar, whatever, whoever. I don't even know. And then, you, you know, you played the Phillies in that weird game. That weird game that happened today slash yesterday. Uh, you won, I guess, four to five. Uh, Big Brock, the Brock star, walked it off. That, that was nice because after I threw in the towel, stomped on it, it was nice to see the Brock star come in and make me feel a little better. You know, it's like when you get a you – know, you just – no, it's not even a scrape. It's a gash. You know, you stab yourself. You know, you get stabbed with a knife in the leg. It's bleeding. It's, a cat comes over, just scratches it up. Someone spits on it. And then, you know, mommy gives you a little popsicle. That's what happened. I got scraped up. I got gashed. I got stabbed. And then the Brock Star came in and made things feel all better. The Brock Star. Yay! No, that's not how it's going to happen. That was the cringiest, worst thing I ever saw. Just seeing that team. 
I threw in the towel. I was done. I was saying, you know what? I'm going to give you one more chance to back things up. And I doubt, you know, you probably won't. All right, I've thrown in the towel. And then they go out there. The Brock star walks it off in a two-day event. And it was so sad to be see fans come back out there. The season is over. You are in a tie game with the Kansas City Royals. It feels like, feels like the Patriots preseason game matters more at this point. And all those fans come back out there to see the Red Sox play one inning. The Red Sox, yes, the Red Sox play one inning against the Royals and have to have to see the Brock star walk it off. That is just so bad. And they sliding into home like, yay, our season saved. We beat the Orioles for one game. We're 61 and 56, and our season is over. Uh, who are we facing next? It doesn't matter. I think I'm just about done with this Red Sox team. Uh, 68 and 61. Oh, at the time, that was the record. My bad. My bad. My bad. We are still 527. We're average. We are. I can't get rid of this number. Six and a half games behind the race. I, for, God, six and a half. We can't get over that. We'll get to like six. Watch. Six, five, five and a half. Whatever. It doesn't really matter. I have to get to Dave Dombrowski. That's right. All right. So, yeah. I wasn't going to end the episode right there. We're going to get to a little bit of Dave Dombrowski here. So, I want to I wanna end on that rant. I really do. Just to end, you know, just end on that rant. I've got to cool down a little. Probably going to rant a little here. But I want to get to a little Dave Dombrowski. Mostly an article that Dan Shaughnessy wrote from the Boston Globe. Uh, it was updated August 6, 2019. So, a bit of, uh, a while ago. But it's, you know, been in the rumor. So lately we've heard the hot seats heating up on Dave Dombrowski. Ironically, the same time after the buzzer sports talk, threw in the towel. The same day, basically, I threw in the towel on this Red Sox team. Basically, the Red Sox said, yeah, the hot seats heating up. You know, Aiden from after the buzzer sports talk, he thinks, you know what? The season's over. He might not be too happy with Dave Dombrowski there. And you know what? We're going to take his word on it. So Dan Dan Shaughnessy wrote, I'll be shocked if Dave Dombrowski is back with the Red Sox next season. Boston's president of baseball operations has increasingly isolated himself with pals Frank Wren and Tony La Russa and has has few friends inside Fenway's walls. Dombrowski is under contract for just one more season. So that is basically... Dan Shaughnessy, who has some insight into the Red Sox. Now, that's the difference between me writing an article and a guy like Dan Shaughnessy. Is I don't have the inside access and information that he can get. That's what, you know, that's the difference. I have to just write articles, you know, off information everyone knows and make them interesting. He has this inside information that very few have. Now, I'll tell you, Dave Dombrowski made a comment on this article in a minute, so we'll get to that. But... He's isolated himself with two people, Frank Wren and Tony LaRussa. So he's basically sitting in his office, eating lunch with these two people, like huddled up. Like he's running the thing. You got John Henry and the rest of the working bees. Like he's, it's like, you know, they're in this big nest all together, but there's just this little box. And you got the, you know, you got the queen bee, the bossy queen bee and Dave Dombrowski. And you got like his two kids, I don't know, Two parents, not his parents, because they aren't his bosses, but I don't know. And then there's two others with the, the guards, I guess you could say, just to make him feel better. You know, you have a, a few friends. 
And then all the other worker bees just working around him. Totally isolated, I guess that's what you could say, is what Dan Shaughnessy is saying. He also wrote, When you have the top payroll in baseball and don't make the playoffs, somebody has to go. Alex Cora isn't going anywhere. Again, Cora has struggled this season, but he's not going anywhere. He just won manager of the year last season. I'm not saying that makes a good manager this season. He's been horrible this season between just everything. Again, the bullpen hasn't been very good. It's not all Alex Cora's fault, but he could be one of the guys to go. I also could see the pitching coach leaving, but anyway, he also wrote, Dombrowski has been exactly what we thought he would. He delivered a championship, but he gets the blame for the Chris Sale and Nathan Evaldi contracts and for failing to address the bullpen need. He's clearly not the guy to oversee a much-needed farm system rebuild. Candidate to replace Dombrowski, Eddie Romero. That's his candidate. So that's all he wrote. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff in here just on the Patriots. I don't really know. I know the Boston Globe's big. I don't really read much of that. Like, I'll see the CBS Sports Report, maybe like Bleacher Report, but I don't read the Boston Globe really at all. So they've just got a ton of like weird, like part talking about Bill Parcells, and it's kind of weird. But his candidate would be Eddie Romo- Romo- Romero. I got it. Got it right there. So that's kind of odd. And Dave Dombrowski has also said that um, he basically was surprised that there was a um, that he was on a hot seat. He said, "Well, we've won, you know, the division three straight years, and that's a you know, and a pennant. So we just won the pennant. You know, we just won the division. We just won 108 games." This is Dombrowski also sitting in the past. So we thought it was just the players and Alex Gore sitting in the past. Literally, this is according to USA Today, they interviewed Dave Dombrowski. And let me find it. (coughs) Yep, here it is. Okay. Hey, what have you done for us lately? I'm sorry, it took me a while to find that. And he said, well, I don't have to say much about it, Dombrowski tells USA Sports in an hour-long interview, but I am surprised, at least a little bit. I mean, we did win three divisions in a World Series, but I get it. It's a tough market. It's been known as that. Growing up in this game, I were always told that there are three markets that are different from everywhere else, Boston, New York, and Philadelphia, and I have to say it's probably lived up to be true. So that is Dombrowski, basically his first answer What's basically the question? It says it doesn't even like state the question, but you can tell. Basically, the question was, "What's going on with this whole you being on a hot seat? What do you feel about that?" And he says, "I'm a bit surprised. I mean, we did win the pennant last year. What about this year? What what could you improve on this year? The fact that you've totally ignored the bullpen situation. The fact that you've totally ignored. You have given out constant." Bad, uh, helpless, uh, helpless, constant, whatever. A ton of bad contracts. Chris Sale should have waited on that. I said it when he signed. You should have waited. You should have waited to really see him pitch because that shoulder injury, you guys were too loose with it. It could be a problem. You gave him too long of a deal. Chris Sale was willing to work with you on a contract. If he's willing to work with you, he would have been willing to wait a little bit. I think he would have been. He'd regret it now, but he would have been willing to wait with you on that. So Nathan Evaldi was a bad one as well. Uh, David Price 
hasn't exactly lived up to par. Rick Porcello makes sense at the time, but it's really bit you in the butt this year. So he's still living in the past. He said, we didn't win a World Series last season. What about this season? What about the season outside? Yeah, we won the division. What does the division do? I have seen 88 win teams win divisions. And bad ones. I'm not, you know, that is an exception. Again, you, you have the Yankees right, you know, right across town. Not not exactly. You get my point. But <coughs> I just, oh, I don't like that statement. It just sounds like you're totally ignoring what's happened this season. To, to me, personally, I don't think Dombrowski needs to be fired. But I would like to see him go. I do think there are some things that Dombrowski, again, he did bring a pendant. But you have the highest payroll in the league, you're not making the playoffs. The Athletics, Rays, on the other hand, have great shots at the playoffs. Like, Sorry, my voice. Oh my god, my voice just feels like... Anyway, we're going to wrap things up here soon, but... I mean, Dombrowski... Who he? I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind to see him go, just because I feel like you know, especially with the pitching staff, he has really struggled with that. He's always he's constantly seeking star talent, and you know that with star talent comes giving out big contracts, and he's giving them out to the wrong guys, and it's really he's throwing away your money. John Henry's giving them, you know, it's just like when you give a kid five hundred dollars and he spends it on a. $450 watch, or not a watch, a wallet. And like just an expensive wallet, because why not? Something stupid like that, if you get what I mean. But anyway, I don't know. I'm just losing my voice over here. I shouldn't have ranted too hard. I just went 25 minutes straight. <coughs> oh, excuse me, guys. So, yep, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I will say there probably won't be an episode tomorrow. I'm going to be very busy tomorrow. We got a lot going on. So hopefully I'll be back. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe. I, I don't count it out. Again, I never count anything out just because you never know. But hopefully I'll be back. I, my hope is Saturday because I don't think I'll be able to back, be back tomorrow. But hopefully Saturday we should get to the Patriots. Week three ta- takeaways for the preseason. Dress rehearsal week. Most of the starters playing for both sides. Patriots, Panthers. We'll get to that game. We'll see what else happens. Maybe Zeke's got a contract by then. If we really are that bored, we'll get to the uh, the, the baseball team in Boston that we have. And then, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Again, calling on the Anchor mobile app um, to send in any voice messages, any questions you have for me, if you want to debate with me, something you disagree with, anything you want to talk about, you just want to throw in a hot take or just a take you have feel free to do that also go follow my instagram at after the other sports talk all lowercase no spaces so thank you guys for listening and i hope to see you guys next time